how about the Arsenal Chelsea fans like chanting about how much they hate Tottenham, just like living rent free in their heads? Oh no, so it's, it's it's one of the weirdest things about our rivalries is that they're the, they're essentially red and blue of the same club. They're the same shit. Yeah. I wish they would just make out already. I know. <laughs> it, that's... A rebuilding job. Energy. You know, great to see you. Hello. Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot on Twitter. You can follow me at Astedka. It's a full house today for to talk about a, a, a resounding 1-0 victory for Tottenham Hotspur at Wolves. We've got Todd, Scott, Dakota, and Shuban all on hand to celebrate six points from a possible six to start the Premier League season. We'll start out by throwing it out to Todd at TC underscore Cachot. Todd, how's it going, mate? Any day, my guy, that you get to talk about a PEH nutmeg in the box. Oh, my God. It's an amazing day. Plus, we won. So, you know, we're good. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a plus as well. Uh, we've also got Scott at DSM Spurs up there in the great Pacific Northwest. Scotty, how's it going, man? Good, man. Can't complain. Three points. And, and not even a mention of number 10 from his mouth today. I will be yeah, surprised. Yeah. <laughs> We've also got Dakota at Dakota J Booth with us. Dakota, how are you, my friend? You know, I'm sitting here uh, looking at the Premier League table, and I see a certain club that wears white in North London is in the top four, and another club in North London that wears the color red that's in the relegation zone. So uh, that's about as good as you can ask for, right? It's about as good as I would ask for right about now. Uh, as, as we're recording this, uh, the second half of Chelsea Arsenal is underway and uh, the red team is losing to the blue team. Uh, and we'll just leave it at that. Uh, and, both are also, shit. and both are shit. Uh, we've also got Shuban with us at the real Shuban. Shuban, how'd you take that one in today? That was a nice one, right? Um, you know, uh, I, I feel bad for Wolves because if they had a, even more of a cutting edge, they could have really hammered us. But luckily for us, Traore is half and puff, but he wasn't able to blow the house down. It's true, and a lot to come on to with that. Let's start, though, with the lineup. Um, same lineup from last week against Manchester City. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think that's a surprise. I, no, I you think put it in the group chat. I did. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's kind of what we felt like would happen, even with the return of Harry Kane to the bench. Um, and we'll come on to him in a minute. Uh, I'll just skip over Scott for that portion of the program. If he, if he... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, in all seriousness, I mean... Todd, this was this was not only the lineup we expected, but kind of the lineup we wanted, right? Well, yeah, I mean, for where we are right now, uh, I think that there's obviously some betting in and some um, fitness issues for you know any of the new folks. Um, we were pretty happy with the output from our front three last week. Um, you know, my personal opinion about Stevie BSI. Uh, and you know, when you look at the midfield, we were pretty happy with the output from the midfield last week. Um, and, you know, despite our, you know, uh, 
questioning of Delhi's role in this team. Um, I thought that another outstanding performance, as, as we discussed, Andrew, my man of the match. Uh, and then you look at the back four, and I don't know that there would have been a better option to go up against the Wolves team uh, in the squad currently with, you know, fitness aside, than, uh, you know, than what we're talking about in, in, uh, in the back four that we saw. Uh, Todd, you and I talked a great deal last week about Delhi's role. And of course he gets the draw, draws the penalty early in this one. What was it? Uh, four, six minutes, 10, something like that. Somewhere in there. Uh, and then con- converts the penalty. Um, I want to throw this over to Scott because I don't know that Scott really had a chance to comment on it, but Delhi specifically, you know, there's been a lot made of Delhi and that he doesn't have the offensive output that, that Spurs fans want and that he doesn't, um, you know, there's too many flicks and tricks and not enough assists and goals, I guess. But last week we talked a little bit about the fact that Delhi's kind of playing a new role. He's doing a lot of defensive work. Um, he's doing a lot through the middle of the field as a, gosh darn, a midfielder um, rather than, you know, an, an attacking midfielder. What do you make of, of Delhi's output in these first two matches? I think he's played really well. Like, like Todd said, he was my man of the match today as well. Um, and, and obviously got the, the all-important winner today and, and drew the penalty on the, on the great pass from, uh, from Sergio Reguilón. Yeah, he's been great, man. Um, against City, he, you know, I think we talked about this, maybe, maybe not, but he, was the, uh, he had the highest average top speed of anybody on the pitch, which means he's not the fastest guy on the pitch, but he's running the most and, and really never walking, right? He's had a consistent, like, I guess, Trajectory forward, uh, maybe is, is a terrible way of saying that. But anyways, he's working his ass off, right? So, um, And then I think a big piece of it, too, is he had to go from a Pochettino setup where he was really tasked with playing off the striker um, to playing back a little bit deeper as he did at MK Dons. And, you know, that takes a little bit of time. And I think, you know, had, had we had a different manager than Mourinho the last 18 months, it probably would have happened a little bit more quickly if you were asking him to play in a 4-3-3 just because he never played. But, um, you know, we're going to we're gonna play away under Nuno where he's going to have to play the, the way he's playing now or he's going to have to find a way to usurp a son or a Lucas on the wing, and that's never going to happen. So he's, he's doing what he needs to do to get minutes, and he's playing well. Um, Dakota, what did you make of kind of this, not only – the lineup, but, but Delhi, those two questions that I just wrapped in for, for, for Todd and Scott. Yeah. I was a big fan of the lineup. I like you. And I think pretty much everybody uh, thought that we would trot out there with the same lineup as last week. Um, because if it's not broke, don't try to fix it and nothing's broken right now. So no reason to try to fix anything that might look a little bit different next week with a certain number 10, getting some minutes today, but that's for a different conversation. I thought Delhi played extremely well last week. And uh, I think that he played exactly the same today, but he drew a penalty and slotted it away. So people are going to give him all the accolades this week. Um, but I think this is what we're going to see from Delhi. We're going to see him working really hard. We're going to see him winning uh, possession back in the midfield. We're going to see him running around and, I don't, I, I don't have the stats in front of me today, but I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't the uh, player with, with the most distance again today like he was last week. And that's going to be Delhi's game. And, you know, in some ways it's a blessing in disguise that he hasn't played the last 18 months because he's been able to get probably more fit than he's ever been in his entire life. And 
we're seeing the benefits of that now with all of the pressing and the running around that he's doing. So if he can, you know, assist a goal or, or slot one away every other game or so, Delhi's going to be uh, maybe our player of the year at the end of the season. Shuban, who was your man of the match for Spurs today? Was it Delhi or was there someone else that stood out more? You know what? It's so hard. I'm not going to go. Obviously, Delhi got the goal and everything else, but for me, it was kind of Hoiberg. I think the way he kept our line going, the way he basically this is the this is the line, is the perimeter, and then everyone followed his lead. Um, but even then, I don't think you can really say that there was any real standout player for us, really. You know, I think Wolves dominated possession. I think they tired at the 70th minute, maybe. And but even then, I'm sure. I mean, if if he had his shooting boots on, that would have been one all. You know, I think the difference. I think if you give man a match to anyone, I think it's to Nuno because we are fitter. We are fitter, and therefore we can take a one nil a lot more easier than last season. So yeah, if you give him a man of the match, that's to Nuno because all the fitness goes to whoever. Because we are fitter. Because I don't think last season that would have been a last minute equalizer or something that's a that's a good shout and it goes into kind of where i wanted to go next with this actually and i'll throw it back to todd did this feel well i know i know what you're going to say because you said it before (laughs) we started recording this felt a little bit like a match from last season didn't it it felt a little bit like you know i mean i I remember uh was who was it uh roman roman seiss the header in the final five minutes at the mall new last year to, mm-hmm. to, to, to secure a 1-1 for Wolves. Didn't it kind of feel like that was coming and then it just didn't? Um, but overall, this kind of felt similar to like a Jose Mourinho-led club or it even felt similar to what Spurs did last week against Manchester City where they were kind of getting, you know, the much worse of the play overall but were able to hold on for a 1-0 despite that. Yeah, it definitely felt like uh, at certain points of this game like we were watching a Jose team play. Uh, the one big difference I agree will will 100% say it was the fitness. Uh, I think that's a great shout. Um, the other thing that I would say is that uh, Nuno has been uh, essentially trying to set them up uh, so that we don't have Dyer and Sanchez defending their own box for 80 minutes a game. And so they're pushing way higher and trying to impact things uh, a little bit further up the pitch. Now, they're still sinking back, but you see them close to the top of the 18 as opposed to, like, close to the top of the 6, which uh, has definitely been uh, a significant difference between what we saw last year and and what we're seeing now. Uh, It's what we saw last week against Man City as well. They were pushing way higher up the pitch. Um, So I I think that those two things, plus the the fitness, uh, led to a more comfortable effort. But honestly, I thought we were going to come out to be more expansive, Andrew. And I'm surprised that we, we that we didn't start that way. Yeah, I mean, I I, I talked on a, a preview pod earlier this week um, with the whole lot of Wolves podcast. And we, we talked about I was expecting to learn something from Spurs about what they would do when they had more of the ball in comparison to last week against City. And then, of course, they come out and they didn't have more of the ball. 58% to 42 in favor of Wolves. So... It was it was kind of a similar you know similar setup to last week. Obviously, Wolves aren't Man City, and and there are differences there, but still, it was kind of weird. But to to your point, you know, Dyer and Sanchez are doing things. It looks like better than they were last year, and it's two clean sheets on the bounce to start the season. Scott, I'll throw this to you. Does does Cuti Romero have to do something to earn 
uh, a breakthrough as a center back into this lineup right now with Dyer and Sanchez, or <laughs> you know, do do one of do you have to wait for one of them to slip up for him to get his his chance in the Premier League? Objectively speaking, we haven't conceded a goal yet, so I don't yeah. I don't think you change anything right at all. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I'm almost going to say I don't know what else to say because after the last year, we all know that we could go on and on and on about Dyer and Sanchez in a very negative way, but I'm just going to leave it at again. We haven't conceded a goal, and both have looked good and. Yeah, I, well, I, I I agree with. You. Go ahead, go ahead, Todd. Well, I think to to Shub's point, and, and and I didn't want to be the one to bring it up, but I'm thankful for it. Uh, is anytime the the PEH steps on the pitch, he's he's going to get a shot for man of the match. Um, and I mm. think you know this is something that we've talked about um, again, and I think we saw it uh, this morning, uh, at least our time this morning, uh, is uh, that with Skippy and Hoybier sitting in front of Dyer and Sanchez, there seems to be more confidence in what they're doing. Yeah, uh, so that that's that's a massive massive difference from last year as well, dude. Uh, excellent point, quick man. We we just got to talk about Skip for a second. And sorry if I'm putting cards before horses here, but Jesus Christ, man, that fucking Beast. boy can play ball. Beast. I that yellow card was the best tackle I've ever seen. Yeah, it was, <laughs> best that tackle was, I've ever fucking it, seen, man. That was and it wasn't a foul, it, much less a yellow card. No, Same. God no. And here's the thing, like Triore is a fucking animal dude like, and what i love about skip today was i i said it in our chat or maybe in seattle spurs chat or maybe joe j chat i don't fucking know right i was flying <laughs> but i said at some point oliver skip is a silent fucking assassin that guy will cook you dinner and say sleep in my bed but if you cross him he'll fucking murder you like that is that is the type of guy that that guy is and and I look at him looking around that locker room and saying, somebody has to boss Triore. I'll do it. I don't give a fuck that I'm 19 years old. Like, I'll fucking take that dude down. And he did. And that boy is going to be a world-class footballer by the time he's like 22 years old. Man. That guy's fucking good. I think well, he and PH drew straws to fight Triore, dude. I think they yeah, both want to exactly. And that's our pivot right there. No, right? Those two motherfuckers, dude. Like, I, I – I would put those two up against anybody in the league in a two-on-two battle, like straight up in the midfield. Well, listen, you guys are. I appreciate it. No, it's true. (laughs) You guys are talking about how I'm going to use the word mean. How mean that pivot is, and that undeniably has to do with how good Sanchez and Dyer have looked in these first two games because they have some cover in front of them. They are dealing with less uh, coming right at them. You know, obviously they dealt with a little bit of that today with Adama Traore and uh, Davidson Sanchez got turned around a couple times, but it's bound to happen when you're playing Adama Traore, right? So and if you're Davidson Sanchez, it's once again. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'll give you that one time. To your, to your point, Dakota, this goes back to what, you know, many of us, and look, this is two matches and... Uh, the ultimate of small sample sizes, but this goes back to what many of us were saying, you know, toward the, the latter half of last season on, on a, on a podcast that doesn't exist anymore. Like we were talking about, you know, the fact that if, when Skip comes back into this squad, he can really provide um, more cover along with Hoybier instead of play, having to place a Soko or Winks there, you know, like that's a big deal to be able to have two guys who can, can actually play football and can actually, you know, do something. 
Um, and that's that is that has made a world of difference. Now, how long that lasts, time will tell. And you know, there are still, and this kind of leads perfectly into what I wanted to talk about with the rest of the defense because on the wings or the the fullback spots, we saw a lot of action today. Uh, you guys talked about Hoybier and Skip both both kind of bossing Adama Traore and both of them picking up yellow cards. The other guy that picked up a yellow card was Jaffa Tanganga. Now, in the first half, Adama Traore kind of had his way with Jaffa Tanganga a little bit. Now, Tanganga wobbled, but he didn't fall. Um, and for me, it was Traore's pace that that really made made things different. Tanganga didn't seem to be able to keep up with his pace. He met him phys- physically, and, and his physicality was there. Um, but the pace was off. And then in the second half, Traore moved to the other side, and Region was able to pretty much pocket him for the most part. Uh, because Region has more pace than Tanganga does. And so I, I'm, you know, the whole Adama Traore thing is interesting to me. He's, he's obviously a talented um, athletic freak, but he, he, we saw him have that chance clear cut one on one with Hugo Lloris, and Hugo came out and stopped him. Um, there seems to be. There seems to be something about Adama Traore. And Shuban, I'll go to you on this. What, what is it about Adama Traore? He, he kind of, there's like this, almost like this mythic quality to this guy. And he, he disappears at times like he did in the second half today. He was awesome in the first half. Switch sides disappeared in the second half. What do you make of Adama Traore? I think, well, like most players, well, I think so. I remember reading about this from the NBA. It's like big guys, you know, quick guys get tired. Big tall guys don't shrink. And he is quick. He got tired. And that's just, I mean, um, we know how good our Adama Traore is. The Jan Vertonghen in the Amazon documentary mentioned that, I don't know how difficult Adama Traore was for him. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. So I think he is someone that presents, and it's not just his speed, his size, he's got a very low center of gravity as well. So that allows him to just, just in terms of the balance, it gives him a lot of advantage. I mean, if you think about it for Tanganga, I mean, he's had to go against Grealish and Sterling and now Traore. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking he's looking forward to whoever they give give give, you know, give him next to. He's like, yeah, feed me. If I, if I take these two guys on, he will get better. You know, Adama Traore gives problems to every single player he plays against just because of that combination of all three. Size, strength, speed, and obviously the low center of gravity. But the thing that Adama Traore doesn't have, he doesn't have the wing mirrors, he doesn't have that picture in his head, or, you know, he, he's, he's very much straight down the middle. Now, literally... If I'm Hugo, and to, to, to his credit, he did try and put the ball past Hugo, but he just didn't quite get the angle right. So, I, I don't know. I mean, Traore's, I think he did tire, and I think that did help us. What really worries me is our midfield. Yes, it was, it was strong, and it, was, it kind of held its line, but I just felt that it's, you've got players, and I just think it's, Daly Alley is a great, he's, he's great. He doesn't seem like the right fit. I think Skip and Hoiberg are interchangeable. And I just don't think it's balanced yet. But right now, a win is a win. And you want to get these difficult wins. Because you're not going to, you know, go to a shitty ground like, I don't know, the Emirates and give, you know, give this team a shellacking, you know what I mean? Sometimes you have to grind out a win. And that's what we did. And, and, it's, and it's the difference between what Spurs were not able to do so many times last season. And, mm-hmm. and you're, you're right about that. Todd, what do you make of Traore? There's been a lot of rumors over the last week or so that Traore could be brought to Spurs for some no. absurd number of 40 million pounds. Paper fodder. It's paper yeah. fodder. It's nonsense. He's, when not a player, when, he's not a player you want, right? No. And plus if we're going to go by a useless wing, he's going to be from France. 
So, um, <laughs> so anyhow, uh, no, it, it's, what I me, think of trying. You got me mid sip of my coffee there. Right? I know I did it. On I almost, I sorry. almost spit it on my computer. <laughs> uh, no, we don't. We don't listen. I, I he's a spectacle, and I don't mean that in any other way. That he's an athletic freak, and it's great to watch. But that doesn't necessarily equate to goals, as we've seen by I don't know his entire career. And so we're good. <laughs> Yeah, if you look at him and you look at what he did today, the amount of times he put himself in great positions, there's a reason he plays for Wolves and not for like a massive club, right? And if he if that dude could finish like a son, he would play for a massive club and walk into any team. But he just misses that final piece. And I don't mean anything negative by or or you know, I don't know, demeaning when I say that. The dude just is phenomenal. He just seems to have an issue finishing, and it's been that way for a while. And we saw it today. He, um, he, he to me, he's he's Serge Gnabry without the shooting. Is well said. And, to be completely honest, and you yeah. see Gnabry's playing for Bayern, and Traore mm-hmm. is at Wolves, and you know gets called up to the Spanish national side when uh, they've got half their team they're sending to the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, Todd and I were talking earlier that he he kind of plays a little bit more similar to Lucas Mora in that when he's got the ball on his feet, he can do some special things and run at you with it. He's obviously not the same size as Lucas Mora, but but, you know, Lucas has better finishing ability than than Traore. I think you or I may have better finishing ability than Traore (laughs) at this point after what we saw today. The one thing about him, though, that I will say, and I watched him a lot today, I think because of the links, like subconsciously just really had an eye on him and. He has one quality that no one else has, and everyone is fucking piss scared to go into a challenge with him. Like anytime a ball, except for a 50 ball, Tanganga will go in. But like numerous times, Lucas, especially a couple of times, I watch guys just absolutely choose to not have any part of a one on one with him. Like 50 50 ball, just take it, bud. Like we'll see what happens after that. And that is actually a real quality that goes a long way in the sport. So I'll give him that. Scott, what's your take though? Moving because this is not a an, an Adamatrari podcast, obviously. I, I want to know what you think about the way that our two fullbacks played him today. The difference between when he was on the left side in the first half and moved over to the right side, going up against Sergio Reggion in the second half. What what was your take on the, the way that they they played him? Because for me, it was it was pace. Obviously, Adamatrari yeah. is a physical specimen, and Tanganga can meet him physically. Something that mm-hmm. Reggian can't do, but Reggian can meet him for pace. And that's what it looked like to me, he, why he was able to shut him down more. Yeah, I mean, I think I can speculate in two ways as to as to why Wolves chose to do that. I think, one, you could look at it and say, okay, as legs tire, Tanganga's physicality will negate Traore, potentially, as Traore tires, right? And maybe Reggian's not as physically strong as Tanganga. <laughs> or you could look at it from the angle of, Trincao or whatever that guy's name is was starting to get dangerous and maybe giving him a chance to run at Tanganga and, you know, give somebody who's maybe not having a finishing issue today, give a chance to run at a slower Tanganga was maybe the the, the move by Wolves there because it, it did confuse me a little bit. But um, but no, I mean, I think if to, to really answer your question, I think Regulon looks great, by the way. Um, yeah. He looks He's fantastic. He's playing really well, too. He's yeah, played very right well. Too. And I think I think he just has a little bit more definition to his role. You know, I think well, I think we have some more structure with under Nuno and, and I think it's really giving Regulon an opportunity to, to to defend first, but also be involved in, in ways that he needs to because 
that penalty, we have to say that ball was fucking phenomenal from regular. Mm-hmm. I mean, that the touch on that ball is very, very difficult to execute that kind of pass rate. So that was a yeah, great so ball. Um, so he's been playing fantastic. And then again, to what we've talked about over and over on this episode already, Tanganga, take your hat off a hundred times to what that guy's doing. And again, Yes, he got beat by Traore. Shivon said it best. There is not a fucking right back on the planet that doesn't get roasted by Adama Traore a couple times. Like that's just what it is, right? And that's like we said, if if he could finish, he wouldn't be playing at Wolves. So I don't I, I don't take anything away from Tanganga either. And those fullbacks, I'm impressed, man. Um, we, this 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 back line, this fucking hodgepodge of a back line is all of a sudden defending very well, and it's 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 amazing. Agreed. The one thing I, I did want to point out on that, Andrew, before we move off of the Reggion subject, is that, you know, you made the point prior to the pod that, you know, the last 10, 15 games last year, he looked hot garbage. And you're not wrong about that. He very much struggled. And I think that one of the things, one of the reasons why we're seeing um, his quality shine through, at least early on in the season, boils down very much to the fitness. And, and again, just going back to well, yeah, the fitness, and do you think it could also be part of that that Hoybier skip midfield as well? <clears throat> well, I mean, I, I'm sure. Again, I, I honestly, both Skippy and Hoybier are those types of players. And Shubes, I'd love to hear what you think on this because you've seen them. But Skippy and Hoybier are the types of players that just make people around them better. I think, I think definitely Hoybier is definitely there. Skippy, I think he's still learning to find his feet. But this is his watch. Um, Six Premier League star. I think he's what twenty one, twenty two. So I'm not going to say too much from him right now. But I definitely do think that that midfield was screaming out for a, a persistent first player that could pass between the lines. It was screaming out for Ndombele, but unfortunately, Ndombele has as much fitness as well I do, pretty much. <laughs> you know? And um, you know, and that's what, that's what it boils down to. I mean. You look at the shift, you know, what these players have to do. And I was watching, I think, I was watching, um, so some of you guys know, I, um, I actually got to meet Danny Rose at the Spurs U23 uh, on, on last Monday. And you could just see the shift fitness of the players. Uh, you saw, I mean, the Chelsea players were basically weren't really in this game, but they were turned a lot, purely because we weren't, Spurs weren't taking their chances. But as the game wore and wore on, Spurs players just seem to have another level, and that mm-hmm. boils down to fitness and that's that belief in yourself. That's what we had. Now, is fitness the only thing that's going to win your games? Of course not. You need tactics, you need technique, everything else. But that base level of fitness, knowing that when it comes to the 89th minute, you can keep going when your opponent can't. That gives you a psychological advantage, and well, hopefully we can we can press that. But at the same time, I look at Skip. For me personally, obviously, well, obviously we'll talk about next week as in you know as in how our team, teams line up but for me i would rest skip or i'd rest hoiber because i was, I was going to run them into the ground you know we need to start you know players you know i know we'll probably might have to play like skip and i guess pass us to Pereira on um say thursday and i'll say Do you know what give them a rest on on, on the sunday because i think you know what, what we did see from say um um, sorry, from Thursday, is we have a serious lack of depth at, at the moment. Yeah. Well, there's a lack point. of gel. There's a, there's a lack of depth, there's a lack of gel. And I think yeah, what, and then I think Nuno is what, this is his what, fourth, third compared to the game in charge? So he's still breaking things out as well. Yeah. So I am, what we are now and what we'll be at the end of the season, 
it can be wildly different because Spurs are evolving, Nuno's understanding of Spurs is evolving as well. So, you know, I think right now, skipping Heiberg, it makes sense, especially for an away game. It's, I don't know if you could hear, I mean, Wolverhampton, it's, it is a vociferous crowd. It really is. You could hear them. And we're going to have to go and look at, was it, was it United? They went away to, um, to St. Mary's. And that was a very loud crowd as well. So for an away game, Nuno played the exact right formation, playing two defensive midfielders, just hit them on the break. But you can't keep doing that because you're going to wear players out, especially at this level. Skip could do it sure. in, in, in the championship because he had that level of quality. In the Premier League, he's going to face better players who are going to push him even more. And I just don't think you can play him week in, week out. So I think we do need to look up for a different solution. We're, go ahead. Go ahead, Dad. Oh, I was just going to say, to that end, do you want to – I mean, I'm sure we're going to come on to this, but we are being linked with a central defensive midfielder from Mets that, we, I mean, is worth a yeah, discussion we, about. Yeah, we are going to come on to that. And we're before we come on to the, that and, and, and the Ndombele point and, and number 10 as well, I want to, I want to like, I guess the existential question that I have about the first two Premier League matches is sustainability. And Dakota is, is playing in the way that Spurs are playing right now. Kind of like, it's almost like Jose Mourinho ball, but with more intent and more fitness and more design. Uh, is that kind of thing sustainable? Because I still feel like winning two games and again small sample size alert is is still on the red light is still flashing but winning two games one nil in in the way that spurs did is i don't know it, it doesn't feel super sustainable it feels like there's going to be need uh, be a need for more offensive output and a little more luck by way of the way they play defensively as well right totally you know i've said it before and i'll say it again i would take 38 one nil wins of if course. you offered it to me, of course. And, and you know, that obviously that has uh, a little bit of a different meaning with Nuno as the manager rather than Jose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I absolutely don't think that it is sustainable to continue to win games like this because of our squad depth, not necessarily because you're going to tire players out and all of that. Like that's fine. That's part of, you know, a 38 game premier league season plus, domestic cups plus playing in Europe, people, guys are going to be tired. Yeah. The problem is who we have to plug in afterwards because Harry Winks is not good enough to plug in for Oliver Skip and Niall John is not good enough to plug in for Deli Alley. And, you know, you can, we can just keep going on down the list because everyone. Go, yeah. On look bench, at the team. Look at the yeah, team on Thursday that lost. A hundred percent are the people that we have laying in wait are not good enough to step in and continue to carry that momentum. All of us, the moment Harry Winks came on today, all, every single one of us. Oh no. Yeah. We are about mm -hmm. to lose this lead that we have. And yep. you know, it, it's not good when you have that feeling about, your entire bench, <laughs> um, you know, minus one or two people, but that that is totally down to Fabio Peritici and Steve Hitchin. It's their job to bring in people to to plug those holes. And it seems like Musa Soko is on the way out, and looks like we're going to get a pretty promising young uh, midfielder coming in. And but he might not even be in the squad this year he may be going right back to Mets so it's going to be a really interesting last eight days or so of this transfer window because 
we've done a lot of really good work, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done. I recently had this conversation and I'll recap a few parts of it because it was a good one. And for anybody who knows Morty, you know, he and I were talking about this, but all right. So on, on the, on the point of depth, I think obviously Tottenham was in a tough spot, right? After the Mourinho tenure last season, tumultuous. Anytime, for example, a bit from a business perspective, if you're in trouble, take a step back, probably do two things. Re restructure your processes and then solidify or consolidate your focus. Consolidate is the much better word there. Consolidate your focus. And so our processes, we brought in a director of football. I think he is, I will say, I think he's learning quickly that bringing people to Tottenham is more challenging than Juventus. Um, we're working, <laughs> we are working through some of that, I think. Um, but that's a whole nother conversation, but that's processes. But as far as consolidating focus into my point on depth, if we're smart, we have two squads right now. We have a Premier League slash FA Cup squad, and we have a whatever the fuck league we're in and League Cup squad. And that's it. We have two separate teams. We don't have depth to have any crossover. Like I said it, I think, on our last show, if any, if anyone that played today and against City played on Thursday, we're fucked today. Like, we would have lost today. We, we, we have to have two separate squads right now, and that's consolidating focus and saying, look – the whatever the fuck league we're in and the league cup don't really matter at this point. Like we have to get back to top four so we can start signing players again. We've now missed out on Pau Torres and Jules Kunde because we're not in the champions league. Like we have to fucking recognize that and get back to the champions league. And if we're going after a domestic cup, go for the FA cup. We all know why. Right? Uh, do you know what? I, 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 Scott, but you know what? I would have no problem not being, not losing out Pau Torres. That guy's a pussy. I mean, what, yeah. I'm sorry. You, you, you're going to, you put him into, you put him into our team. Literally, Danny, you know, I don't know, the smallest, the smallest striker, you're going to push him around. The guy, yeah, the guy no, I, I'm sorry. So no, I don't I'm sure you're right. Like, oh. Yeah, and I'm sure you're right. I don't know anything about him. Never have watched him play. And my point is, the director of football wanted him. He said no, right? So, like, we have to get back to the Champions League. And, and so, again, we prioritize our depth in a way that allows us to focus on top four and a run at the FA Cup. And then if I'm Nuno with the Conference League and the League Cup, whatever happens, happens. I play the same squad on Thursday that I did in Portugal and whatever the fuck happens, happens, right? And then we move on with our season because we have to just consolidate our focus and get back to like being in a stable place. And I think we have a manager that can do that. We just have to do it the right way. I'm going to square Scott there. I think – we need to get into the into the conference league, not to win it because there's no point winning it because it gets into the Europa League. I just want to see our young kids play in that week in week out. They're going to play ten games as many minutes as possible, and who knows, a diamond is going to emerge from there. And yeah, then, well, then what, this is a... that's what I'm looking for because honestly, I'll be happy if we play Kane on, on Thursday. Just because. Oh yeah, he's on I the second like, team, in my opinion. So yeah, play his ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just want to get us through to Conference League because you know what? You got players. If we can get them in there, I don't care if we lose every single game five nil, three nil, four. I don't give a shit. It's about getting those players minutes. It's about getting yeah. those players because that's what the U twenty three players. If you know, if, if you can show them what proper football is all about, proper competitive game where there's fans screaming, not like maybe twenty or thirty fans. You know, you know, you're talking about thousands of fans screaming at you, spitting on you, throwing shit at you. 
That is when you're going to learn what proper football is about. And that's yeah. what I want. That's what I'm looking for. But I agree, definitely, for me, the post got with the Premier League, maybe a couple, a couple of cup runs. But I think we've got a really solid team there. I just think we're still missing a few key ingredients. And, you know, if we can just somehow get that balance right. And I, I put trust in Nuno because he has solved one, well, all of his problems are lack of fitness. Now I still think, you know, how do we deal with against being, being against being pressed? We still have trouble with that. And hopefully Nuno's going to solve that problem too. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, we still have a lot to kind of cover from, from this match before we even start talking about two squads and Paco de Ferreira on Thursday. We, st- we still got some other stuff to talk about from this game today. Um, we're going to take a quick break and come back and do that right after this. Welcome back into the Tottenham Depot. Andrew here. We've got Todd, Scott, Dakota, and Shuban. Uh, big shout out to Hugo Lloris today, uh, 300th Premier League match, the club record appearance holder now, and another clean sheet to start the season. Um, Todd, how immense was was Hugo today? He made some, he had to make some 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 stops there under under the barrage from from Wolves, right? Yeah, he's one of the best shot stoppers in the world. He's the best keeper that I've personally seen play for Spurs. He's easily one of the most you couldn't write the history of the last 10 years of Spurs without Hugo Lloris. And I thought today um, he was what he always is for us, uh, a stalwart when we need one most. And when, uh, you know, Triare broke through, listen, if it's Golini back there, I shit myself. I'm not excited. <laughs> uh, with Hugo back there, I... Uh, Take all that shit back, bud. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Don't you don't get me near Scott, post against Pacos, your mama, and, and then expect me to take that back. Get Scott, out of here, you mean, Scott, you mean you don't have praise for our one and true only captain, Hugo Lloris? Dude, oh my god. I you know what? I interesting you asked that because I was about to pop off on a tangent. All right. I'm not Good. talking to any of the four of you right now. That's why, that's why I asked that. Yeah, but here's the thing. On on the topic of Hugo Lloris, today is a prime example of why. When I saw things 18 months ago, like Gazaniga should start, I was like, you should never watch football again. You should never watch the sport of football again if you truly believe that Hugo Lloris should not start. He lifted the last World Cup, like him, that guy, okay? He captains France. He starts for France. Uh-huh. He is a fucking world-class goalkeeper, and again today showed us exactly that that point is correct. It's not, it's not subjective. It is objective. And never say Gazaniga should start in front of Hugo Lloris again, please. <laughs> Gazaniga <laughs> is Gazaniga is doing wonderful Fulham. things for Fulham right now, and I'm yep. very Which happy. Which is where Harry should go. They should hang out. Yep. Correct, dude. I was scared when he came on today. I was Same. fucking scared. I was very. You and I texted about that. We're right? just like, dude, I'm I'm terrified that this guy's going to just let somebody putz past him and concede. Um, West anyways. Ham himself all over the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, another, I'm really glad that I, wa- I'm really glad that I wanted. I wanted to talk about Hugo, and and these guys have taken it into Harry <laughs> Wink's conversation. Dakota, bring us back. What well, I'm going to bring it back. 300 of Spurs appearances for Hugo Lloris, 109 clean sheets, uh, which is incredible. That's, That's one of every three games he starts. He does not let a ball pass. And since Scott's here, I have to talk about XG. Um, 
Hugo in these first two games has already saved us three and a half goals. XG conceded for us is 3.5 and we have conceded zero. Hugo Lloris, best shot stopper in the world. So XG tells us that goalkeepers save goals is what I'm hearing. <laughs> Thank you, XG. XG. XG conceded. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's a great stat. Thank you. That was beautiful. Well, I mean, listen, Hugo Lloris, the club captain, deserves all the praise in the world. There's another guy who people mistake for the club captain all the time who came back into the team today. <laughs> not the captain. Not the captain. He's certainly not. But people of, say the all the of the U23s. Of the U23s. Harry Kane made his return to the squad today. Uh, a cool, hey. I think it was 43 days after the European Championships ended. Um, and, uh, you know, good for him in that. Um, came on as a sub in the 72nd minute for Min's son, which I thought was a little bit of a weird sub in the moment. Um, would have been more logical for me to take off someone like Bergvine and keep some on, but Bergvine then went on to have that moment where he busted through uh, that, that Todd got really excited about. We know what a move! Uh, oh, what a move! It's a sweet move. It's the it's the only thing that didn't make me curse oh. him that he did all day. But yes, it was I want to make I want to make that gift my phone background for the rest <laughs> of forever. I want him to score a goal. Yeah, I would <laughs> like for that. I would It'll like for come. that to happen as well. What do we make of Harry Kane returning today? Um, I thought he, you know, for the on the pitch stuff, I thought he looked okay. Um, provided some moments where he nearly bagged us a, a, a second goal late. Um, the off the pitch stuff was interesting to me. We 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 heard um, we heard before the match Wolves fans, you know, with some really good banter and some you know some chants about yeah. Harry Kane. Uh, we and then we heard when he came on the uh, immaculate and immense Tottenham away support, which is always there singing he's one of our own which i've got to be honest with you guys surprised me a little bit i was a little bit surprised that harry kane got such a warm welcome when he came onto the pitch i'm not going to go to scott on this to start because i know where he's going but todd what do you what did you make of the the the, the reception from the away fans that he spurs until he's not okay that he spurs until he's not he's fucking harry kane we've been like He's been the best striker in the world for the past six years. You don't just forget that because you have a shitty agent and PR team and you <laughs> want to move away from the club that you've been at for the last seven years because you want, you know, cha- uh, Champions League football and you want the opportunity to win trophies and you want to be thought of, <clears throat> you know, for the Ballon d'Or and, and you don't feel like you can do that here anymore. Like, that's cool. But ultimately, you're Spurs until you're not. And if you're going to step on the pitch, you're still one of our own. And if you're going to, you know, almost put the goal in, if he was scored today, it would have been nuts to see what would have happened. Because the one thing that I can say is different and in all fairness um, is that he doesn't look the same when he's on the pitch. Like when you look at his demeanor, like, yeah, he's still the same player. He still has the ability to put it, but like he doesn't look at players on the pitch the same way. Like he doesn't. Is that something we can tell from, from 25 minutes on the pitch though? Listen, this is what I can tell is that, when you look at the way that people looked at Harry Kane last year, people like his teammates and like the interactions that they had with him. And you look at the way that like just the pictures from training and the videos from training and the videos from the games today, it's, it's not the same interaction. Something has been, something has been severed there. And I, I, they're I think trying that's to obvious. That. Yeah. I think that's obvious in some of the comments that we've seen from, from players through the media, Eric through, Dyer from, from Hugo Lloris, Eric yeah. Dyer, 
you know, these so guys, I don't know how that plays yeah. into what type of Harry Kane we should expect to see. Um, but I mean, I was encouraged by the fact that he's still lethal as a striker and, you know, is was centimeters away from making it 2 0. Shuban, what did you make of, of Kane's return to the pitch and just the reaction of it all and, and kind of how, I mean, look, we're, what are we, eight days away from the end of the window? Um, it's, this is all going to be decided here very shortly. What do you make of the, the awkwardness in the interim? Um, can I, if, you, if you would allow me this tangent, when we got relegated in the, in the late 70s, Steve Perriman, who's, I don't know if you ever met him, he is Mr. Tottenham. Tottenham and his DNA. And when he when we went down, he had a chance to move on, go to other clubs. He said no. I felt responsible for Tottenham going down. I feel responsible for getting them back up. And the way I look at it, Kane has been a big part of our team. He's been a big part of the team that really hasn't achieved. So he's a big part of the team that hasn't achieved as much as he'd like to. He has a responsibility, if he wants it, to be a part of that team to, to, you know, to, to, to win something, to go to that next level. So for me, I think there's obviously eight days left in the transfer window. I cannot see anyone, I can't see him leaving, not just because I don't think Man City will pay up the price. First of all, if Man City pay 150 million, that means everyone's going to raise their price by 20%, because they know that. So I think personally, I think this thing goes on for a year. I think he stays on for another year. And who knows? Then then then. Pitch changes because he'll be 29. You've got Erling Braut Haaland, who's you know has the ability to get to go, you know, we'll go for 75 million. You've got Kylian Mbappe, who still hasn't re signed his contract, uh, PSG, who might be looking to move on. And who knows, Real Madrid might not be able to afford him. So I think it's one of those things where I remember so many times circumstances have gone against Spurs where things outside of the club, which is nothing to do with us. Have basically screwed it, screwed us over. I am hoping in this instance that things outside the club, for example, Mbappe not looking to possibly move on, and maybe Real Madrid just don't have the money to pay for him. Yeah, we have Aguero. I think we spoke about it two weeks ago. He's still. Is he even registered yet for Barcelona? No, not as of yet. So I just think you've got so many things happening. I just think it's one of those. Do you know, like it's like a hostile takeover kind of thing of one of your key assets. And if you don't want to sell, but you have to hold your nerve kind of thing and not be bullied into selling someone you don't really want to, you don't want to sell this asset or sell this division. First of all, I'm not saying he's bullied for it, but I don't think he is. But I just think he can take advantage of the fact that you've got Aguero that hasn't signed. Why wouldn't he go back to Manchester? You've got Mbappe and um, Haaland who will be available next year. And it's just been one of those things where, do you know what? The window was there. Unfortunately, what Man City chose not to pony up, and that's not down to Daniel Levy. Yeah. The minute, the minute, and I had an argument with this guy, this guy yesterday, this fucking annoying Chelsea fan. I said, you know what? How much is your house worth? Can I pay you half of, you know, two thirds less what I think it's worth? Sell me a house because I want to offer what you, what I think is worth to you. Ultimately, City do not believe Kane is worth 150 million. But that's because Kane's worth 150 million to us. Right. It may not be worth that to, to, to City, but to us, that's how much he's worth. And so I just think because of that, you've got the FFP cases that I think, I don't know if you guys know about this, but there's been court cases where in this country where they've actually lost, actually. So I don't think, and plus City 
they've got to sell, what, 150 million pounds of players in the next, what, week? To even, or even like, at least, I don't know, who they sold, really, to even get to, say, to cover half their, their expenditure? Right. Probably not, not, not yeah. enough people. So they've got to sell players. So I just think, personally, I just don't think it's going to happen just because you've got C players, first of all, who are on very big, good contracts. So you want to tell them to go from a team that's dominant to a team that's going to be less dominant. And then, by the way, you'll need to take a pay cut as well. And this, this, this isn't a, a, what should we call it, a World It's not really a World Cup yet, because obviously the World Cup is in the winter of 2022. So I'd stick it out. So I think that's what's going to happen. I think ultimately that's what's going to happen. I think I feel, stay. Yeah, I, do, I feel the same way on, on, on Tommy too. I don't, I don't necessarily know that there's a deal in this window to be had in the last eight days to move people on. That's why, I mean, there's a couple of different stories that came out over this window <laughs> that have been about players that want to move on, but I don't necessarily know that that's an opportunity that's going to happen. As you talked about earlier, Andrew, that moving players around at Spurs may be more difficult than Paratici's yeah. been used to. Well, uh, first of all, before we move on to Ndombele, to, to Shuban's it's point Baratici. about... It's No, it's not Baratici. <laughs> I listened to it. I'm not going to do it with you guys. I'm not going to do it. Should we ask yeah. Italian? Should we ask Italian? I feel like I'm listening to Fabrizio yeah. Romano. That's the only reason why I said it that way. I feel like I'm hurting cats here, guys. You are. Um, to, to, to Shuban's point about there being a more availability of, of other strikers in the world, even in this last week, we're we're seeing news today that that there's a possibility that Cristiano Ronaldo even wants out of Juventus. He he asked not to play in their match today, and 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 there may even be movement there. Before we get to that, and before we get to Ndombele, I want to go to our, our our resident Italian because he has been the most outspoken about, uh, you know the the fuck Harry Kane fan club, if you will. Um, Harry Kane after the match today went over and applauded the the away support kind of on his own. It was kind of a an interesting moment of him solo going across the pitch and applauding the away support. Then he, he did post a tweet afterwards, uh, a couple photos of himself and said, brilliant battling win. Um, does his return Scott to the pitch today in a Spurs uniform? What does it, what does it mean to you as a guy who has been on the front step of, you know, get this guy out of my club if he doesn't want to play here and and is there a way back for him after after what what happened today oh i mean there's definitely a way back and i think i've said it on the show before that there most certainly is i'm not quite sure what it is and i still don't know if i do but um i mean look all jokes aside of i i know how talented harry kane is and if if we can come to some sort of um you know uh I don't want to say agreement, you know, that's a poor choice of words with this whole gentleman's agreement we've got going on here. But if, <laughs> if we, if, if we can know, come to a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, exactly. If we can find some common ground with Harry Kane and get him, get him, you know, rebought into what we're doing, that's never a bad thing. Um, I will say this. I'm really glad the fans treated him well. You know, you all know what I've said. I never ever in a million years would have done anything other than sing and clap the dude if I was at the match today. Right. He's, he's Harry Kane, but um, you know, as, as much fun as I have, my point is quit hurting the club, get the fuck on or get the fuck off quickly. Right. Um, I, but I have to say this, I think a lot of credit goes to Nuno here because from the, from the jump, he has been astute with all of this Harry Kane business and the media and the press, his comment, you know, I'm not here to get anybody to play for Tottenham. I'm here to get people that are prepared to play for Tottenham or, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Right. And I think 
people look at Tongi when he says that, but Kane has to be included in that conversation. And we look at, as you guys have already mentioned, his teammates definitely, you know, posting on social media in a manner that was speaking towards Harry Kane and, um, and all of that. So there's something there. It's not speculation, but I do think Nuno has done a very good job of, of, of handling it, not only with the press, but I can only assume internally. And, I think his minutes today have to come from some conversation that him and Nuno are having as to how this is going to work out, right? Because Nuno definitely strikes me as somebody who is get on or get off just as possible. Poch was, and Harry Kane is not Adebayor, right? The, I will never even compare the two, but at the time, Adebayor was, was our striker, our biggest goal threat. Poch said, get the fuck out of my club quickly. Like, I'll even pay your wages to just fuck off, right? Um, and Nuno has found a way to not allow that to happen with Harry Kane, so I give him a lot of credit to here. I almost flipped the table over you comparing those two right now. I just need to. I'm not comparing the two, but I will say this: except for the did. (laughs) No, my my point is that at the time, each was your biggest goal threat, right? And Mm -hmm. and to say like I don't care what happens, we need to make a decision here either way. Is, is is what's happening in both occasions here. But I think but right. something we, we have to remember is this. This isn't like Luka There are parallels to Luka Modric's Spurs 10 years ago. But mm-hmm. let's face it, Luka Modric, I don't think he'll retire to Spain. I think he'll probably go back to Croatia. Harry Kane still has to live here. Harry, I don't think, I mean, maybe he'll go to abroad for some golf and stuff like that or to play some on the NFL. But you know, maybe, I think Tampa's a good place to, play, to, do, to do both. But... Um, I think what's going to what boil down to is the fact that Harry Kane does not want to burn his bridges with Spurs fans. I've met Sol Campbell year, many years ago, and he knew Who? I was a big Spurs fan. Yeah, Sorry, him, what? Yeah, him. yeah, I met him, and he knew I was a big Spurs fan. I was once having a pitch down with Jermaine. I thought, I thought he would, he would like piss off. No, nope. he chose to stay in both my, both my, both the pictures I took, and I was like, you must know I don't want you in this photo. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But clearly, you are either that delusional, that or that completely unaware, and I'm I'm too polite to tell you to go away. Do you know what I mean? To say, you know what, get out of my photo. But he's there, uh, unfortunately. That but, yeah, pretty much lines up with what kind of see you next Tuesday that guy is. So that's not yeah. true. But what I'm saying is, is Harry Kane. Harry Kane does not want to play his relationship with this man. He's been this you know, this guy that's been in the club since he was what, 12 years old. He's from Chingford, we're six, six, seven miles down the road from White Hart Lane. He does, you know, he wants to keep his relationship with Spurs fans. And I think it's that combination of, do you know what? He has, he can burn his bridges. He can say, my, my, my head's not right, blah, 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 blah. He hasn't done that. Although turning up late wasn't exactly a good, good, good look for him. He does what he did. But do you know what? There's, there's going to be mistakes. In any relationship, people are going to make mistakes. And I've got to give Nuno credit. He's going to handle that mistake. He's he is basically, so, he's, he, and I think, yeah, because so I think there was an article about him saying, look, he's, you know, he's very fatherly, blah, 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 but you do not screw with him. The manager yeah. has to be the ultimate authority at the club. And the one thing so you learn from, um, so one thing you learn from um, Alex Ferguson is you do not fuck with the manager. The manager must be God almighty at that club. Hmm. Okay, and but this is, where I have the, this is where I have a problem, though, okay? Because... He's he has you know played played this well in the media. Speaking of Nuno, in terms of Harry Kane, he's not he's and and now he's brought him back into the team. Even though 
it's very obvious that Harry Kane is a one away. He doesn't, he wants to go to city. He doesn't want to be at Spurs, but he played today for Spurs. The other player that is an obvious one away, Tangi Ndombele has been training with Spurs from jump and has not been involved at all. So what, what's the difference between the two Dakota? Like, where do we, how do we, how do we level these two things? I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, so just educate, quick, educate, educate me on yeah. this. <laughs> real quick note about Kane. I thought that Harry Kane looked really humble today. I think he knows that he's messed up and he knows he's got a, a pretty big uh, hole to dig himself out of, um, as shown by walking over as soon as the game ended and clapping mm-hmm. fans. Mm-hmm. Um, Lee McQueen reported today after the match that Harry Kane has signed that new deal that was rumored a few weeks ago i think i think that announcement's um, coming tomorrow by the way so that's, my, yeah, that's we'll, my guess we'll see so i i think so here here i think is a little bit of the difference harry kane cares more about the club than tongi and Domble does as he should he's been here since he was a kid i think that harry kane is willing to put his his wants aside and recognize that he is a 28 year old with glass ankles and is more expensive to his club than anyone is willing to pay. And he wants that premier league scoring record. And the only way you can get that is to play football. And I think Harry Kane is willing to put his desires aside and play for the club that he has played for as a kid. Tongi Ndombele on the other hand, pretty much has an entire career ahead of him and he's not happy where he is. So I think he I think it's a willingness to go out onto the pitch and play is probably where the difference is. Tongi is not going to get his move. We're too far into the window. It would have and could have and should have happened by now if it was going to happen. So that's going to be an interesting few months in between now and January when another move is available of whether Tongi is going to get minutes or not. But I think that is kind of where the the difference comes is the club just means more to Harry. And Tongi's fine sitting at home and collecting a paycheck. I don't necessarily know what we know about Tongi, to be completely honest with you. I don't think we know anything about Tongi. And that's kind of my point, is the guy's training. He just had a brand new kid. He's coming back. He looks physically fit, but he doesn't seem like he's 100% right. Right. Now, we had... uh, Someone who I'll, I'll describe as um, a contentious, uh, <laughs> contentious source uh, re- report that he wanted out. And then we had a very reputable source say that the board would spend the next, at that point in time, 12 days trying to find a solution for him. Didn't say that he wanted to want, didn't say that he wanted away, but said that the club was looking to find a solution for him. So I want to point out the fact that those two things are very different statements. And I would like to say that over the next eight days, I don't think Tongi or Kane is going anywhere. And if Lee oh, McQueen came out and said that Kane's going to sign a new deal, I'd be ve- I, the first thing that everybody's going to want to know, and me included, is how much is the release clause. Uh, and if there isn't one in there, what that says to, I think, everybody involved it is that Harry Kane next year is going to be worth about 50 million dollars less than or 50 million pounds less than Daniel Levy could potentially sell him to City for this year. Well, I think at this point, it would surprise me much more if Kane left than if Tongi and Dombele left. I don't think that. The, I mean, I think Tongi yeah. and Dombele, the fact that he has not featured even in a squad yet, but has been around, it, it just makes the whole thing 
a little bit of a head scratcher. And and weird. I understand it's weird. And I understand the praise for Nuno in the way that he's dealt with the Kane situation through the media. But I have to question, okay, if if he's a want away and you don't want to play want away players, why are you playing Harry Kane? Um, he didn't you're say giving... he doesn't want to play want away players. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said his job wasn't to convince players to play for Tottenham. It was to prepare and, and players to play for Tottenham. To be fair, everybody um, else has called them wantaways, not the players themselves. And that's kind of the weird thing yeah. about this whole thing. Well, right. it's the weird it's the weird thing about having to deal with learning things through media sources and having Well, to I mean, like with- as as opposed to like Serge Aurier, right, who's come out and and openly said like, right. yeah, we're looking for a solution by the end of the summer. Yeah, right? like but, the Manchester but, United shirts and a pickup game. Ah, fucking guy. Anyway. Yeah. Well, but with and, Tommy, he's an, and he's another player who hasn't featured, by the way, at all. Well, yeah, but he's gone. He's he's gone. Yeah, he should be. once per minutes. But yeah. Well, I'll say this with with Tongi reading between the lines. The lines are much more clear and defined with him, regardless of what's been said to the press. Right? It's a lot easier to read between the lines with Tongi than it is with Kane. If if Tongi is going to have zero involvement in the squad, just like swap him for somebody. I don't care. <laughs> Clubs are interested in him, right? Are we they? We know they are. I think so. Thing. I mean, I think so. I, I, I do. Romano said the biggest interest came from Spain. Yes. So, so clubs are interested in him, right? Like, here's figure something that. out. Hold on. Here's the thing with that, though. It, cl- clubs are interested in him. It doesn't mean that they are going to be – it's it's the same thing with Harry Kane. There's one club that's interested in Harry Kane. It doesn't mean they're going to meet the price that Spurs are going to ask for him. Spurs are not going to give Tangi and Dumbele away. Yeah, and, correct. Nor, nor should they. But, but my point is that – yeah, you're right. And my point is that, like, we should literally not have a price tag if he's going to have zero involvement and just, like, get something. It, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like when you trade somebody who you know will never play for, like, four or five prospects. Like, I don't know, just fucking get something. Like, because no, if he's going to yeah, have zero I, involvement in the squad – I wholeheartedly well, disagree with you, though. Because so what because if he never plays a minute this year? Then what happens next summer? What's the possibility that Tongi and Dombele sticks around and doesn't yeah, it's, play it's, it's, a minute? It's zero. It seems There's pretty two... high. No, that well, would never Why? Dude, we're, we're I, in I don't four think competitions. As it stands right now, we're in four competitions. He's got far too much talent and ability. For whatever reason, he and Nuno aren't seeing eye to eye at the moment, or there's some sort of agreement. Like, because Nuno's never said anything negative about him, where he's come out and said, in general, it's not my responsibility there. It's not my job to make people want to play for Tottenham Hotspur. It's get them ready to play for Tottenham Hotspur. And that's fair. You've got a variety of different people in that locker room that you can say that about, Serge Aurier. But I mean, what I'm talking about more specifically here, Andrew, is that when you're looking at the Tongi and situation what nuno has said and the invoked inflections that he's used in saying it none of it has been negative it's just simply been very matter of fact sure, like i can just tell you that tongi's not going to be involved now he's still in training he's laughing with sonny everybody's a winner it's tongi that's fair but there's a there's there's an obvious difference in in the way that 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 the two situations have been handled and 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 don't get me wrong there's a difference in the club history with both of these players there's a, there's a lot of differences well, also, but, but, we just heard about this thing from contentious sources just four days ago, and right. Harry Kane has literally less been a saga to, all summer. Yeah, it's had less time to play out. If you'll, if you'll excuse me for referring to players as assets and as you know money making figures, they are human beings. But for a moment, I'm going to refer to players as you know commodities and as assets. Tongi and Dombele is not going to be bought a couple of years ago for I believe at the time was a club record fee. And then after that, you know, a couple of years later, Spurs would not and should not 
just give him away for any price, Scott. Like they're not going to just do a swap deal or give him away for nothing or for pennies on the dollar. They're going to try to get what they feel is his value or at least as close to his value as they possibly can in a similar way to what they're trying to do with Harry Kane or, or, or would do with Harry Kane. You, you cannot go out and, and spend, what did they spend on Tongan Dabale? Was it 65 million pounds or something 65 like that? 65 million pounds. Yep. You cannot go out and just sell him to any club for 5 million pounds and, and think that that's okay. That's never going to be an, a thing that's, that's reasonable for them to do. And, and it's, and it doesn't go with the behavior of, of a Daniel Levy run club either. It's not something that, that he's ever going to do. He's not going well, to take a mess. Like we're, 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 we have to restructure processes. And, and I'll say this, regardless of like the, the fee we paid for him, if you look at like our 10 record signings as a club, Tongi, Dobinson, Soldado, Paulinho, well, well like we fuck that up over and over again. So like 65 million, whatever, dude, like we're stupid as shit and that's what we do. So that, okay, don't but... let that distract you from the, from the fact that Tongi didn't make the bench and like guys who I've never heard of were on the bench in a knockout competition. Right. Um, that tells me everything I need to know. And if he's going to not be involved, then why don't we do something for him? Like, there it, is. It there, sounds like over the next eight days, that's what they're going to try to do. They're going to exactly. try to do something. We'll they can't do it, Time will and, tell. And yeah, and it'll be it'll be hopefully sorted over the next you know eight to nine days. That's that's at least the well, hope. It's going to be. Was it? It's eight to nine days, and then is it international break straight afters, right? Yep. Pretty much. So essentially, well, one of two things will happen. Either we'll find a solution, where but I think it will be an expensive solution. It will be some kind of loan with an option to buy. And as, as in Soldado, we took a huge part from that. We spent 20 million on them, and we sold them for what? 13 million or something? Which yeah. is a massive asset, asset write down. So I don't, I don't see us making that much of an asset write down, but well, obviously you have your Soldado's age as well. That didn't help. But right. I, do think, I do think there's a player there, and I think, you know, if we can, you know, if we can to Italy, can get into Spain. But the problem is, unfortunately, the market for overpriced, Overvalued players has collapsed. Yeah, there are only there are only two clubs that can afford to do that. And guess what? I don't see PSG doing that now. They found without them, and I don't think Man City really want Tongue and Dombley right now. So, and not even, I mean, no. Juventus are brassic, Real are brassic, Barcelona. We've been laughing at how brassic yeah. they are. They haven't got lots of pissing. Nobody so, wants unfortunately, them. So let's... nobody wants them. So, so I think what will what, happen is I think let's not judge it on now. Because we, we're looking at things right here and right now. We've got to look at things from, from a week from now, three months from now, six months from now. And that's what Paratici or Par- Paratici, wherever you, <laughs> you, you want to say it, you know what I'm saying? That's what he will do. And I think we have the international break. I think personally, that was that will be when Nuno will probably say, look, we're here now. We haven't found your club. So we have two choices. We can either work together or I'm just going to bin you off. And if I'm bin you off, that actually helps me as Nuno Espirito Santo saying, you know what, if I can bin off our record signing, I can, I can bin off any of you guys. Because if you look at, say, Adebayor, that is what Pochettino did. We just said, show. you know what, I'm, you know, I don't care how much money he's on. I don't want him at my club. I don't want him at the club. So I didn't sign him. Someone else did. Not my plan. Not my responsibility. I've inherited him. I don't want him. And he's not the player. He's not in my plans. He's a good player, but he's not in my plans. 
So bit him off. Not my problem. And that's, that's actually the a good only job. good thing. So but that's the only good thing a manager, a manager gives you is the ability to say, "This guy isn't my player. I didn't sign him. Guess what? Bit him off." When Mourinho so, came in, Mourinho was given saying, "Look, these are the players we have. These are the players you have to work with," and he agreed to that. Nuno Espirito This has been now two years on. He he he's, he he's probably able to say, "Look, I didn't sign him. I've seen him over the last two years for, for Spurs. Probably isn't my kind of player." So, okay, so Andrew, Shoops basically said, like, he, he kind of yeah. sees the value of, uh, of Nuno Beninamoff. And so my question to you guys is, given the fact that we also just discussed the fact that the, the market for overpriced transfers has collapsed, um, it probably stands to reason that we would be seeing some sort of a player transfer here, Andrew? Like some well, sort of a player swap? No? You have to the, – the, the thing – and again, this goes back to the point about Kane. You have to have – it takes two to tango is the easiest way to say this. You know, you have to have another team that is interested in the player at the price that you, you know, whether that's a a dollar price or a player price at the price that you set for it. So until I hear that there are, you know, that there's more that really that there's more than one club interested in signing Tongi and Dombele or swapping a a decent player for Tongi and Dombele, I don't think much is going to happen because if there's one team involved, Look what happens with Kane. There's one team involved. Spurs can set a number. If that team doesn't meet the number, it's not getting done. If there's two teams involved, mm-hmm. then you can start a bidding war. Then you can say, well, this team's offering this. This team's offering that. Like, that's just the way that, 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 that the transfer market in general works. It's the way that any market for anything works. It's, it's supply and demand, really. I mean, that's, this is the basic, the most basic concept out there in terms of transfers. So I don't see how, unless, Unless I hear that Bayern is interested in signing Tonki and Dombele, that Juventus is interested in signing Tonki and Dombele, <clears throat> that, you know, I know Barcelona wouldn't be at this point, but, you know, that there's maybe two or three other lesser teams that are interested in doing something. And then, you know, you start to weed out, okay, who's really serious about this? And all of this has to happen in eight days? I just don't see yeah, that Yeah, well, happening. I mean, I, I definitely agree with that. But, I mean, you even brought up the fact that, you know, Bayern are interested. They offered, officially offered Taliso and 20 million for Ndombele and we told them to go stuff it. And so, I mean, that's a great first offer if there's actually legs to this. And that's a big if. I mean, fair. Um, yeah, but I mean, the fact that official offer came in from a player lets you know that at least somebody's interested in what's going on. Kimmich for Tongi. I've already said we'll give we'll give Juventus Tongi for Ronaldo, McKinney, and Dybala and, and just call it a day. Ah, <laughs> uh, you you stole my Dybala thunder. I was gonna Sorry. say there's a certain playmaker in certain playmaker in Turin that has a year left on his contract and hasn't signed a new one that uh, had a goal and assist today and the game's not even over yet. But in all uh, seriousness, in all seriousness, there is you know, if you're talking about a player swap, guess what? Then you have to convince an, another player from what mm-hmm. is likely a Champions League squad to come play at, at Tottenham right now. Like yeah. that takes a that takes it's a tough, lot of convincing. Man. It's tough. It's, it's just. And you know what? I don't want to play the card with Mark too. That's what that's happened last time. A player was slotted in. We got some useless player who just wasn't good enough. And the only value really was United because ultimately. If he, if he played and did well, he got minutes for United. He got, he got minutes, and United sell him on for much more money. If he didn't, ah, well, do you know what I mean? He's only, he's only, he's only a player. For me yeah. personally, I cannot... Look, it's, it's not as if, like, Bayern has formed for this. Look at Felipe Coutinho. Do you know what I mean? They, they, signed him, they signed him on loan. They played him, I think he played in the Champions League final. Didn't he? I can't remember if he did or not. 
and he, you know, I think, he, but ultimately they just said they looked at his his, his transfer transfer fee. They looked at his wages and thought, nope, we ain't doing this. So for me personally, if we could get him off our wage books and say, look, you know what, Brian, you want to pay some of his money, pay pay all of his wages, yeah, take him, yeah, pay all of his wages. And I, I got to be deal, honest though, I don't give a shit about wage books. Like it's not my money, you know. That's not yeah. So that, I, none of that I matters think... to me. I, I think Fabio Paratici has us in a really good position because, and here's, I think we're, I think we've been able to sign a player like Kuti Romero and a talent like Brian Heal. And I think we're going to keep seeing names kind of like this come in because Paratici is selling the long term vision of this club. And I, I think, I, I think Paratici's goal is three trophies in three years. I think he wants us to win. I think he, I think the plan, the goal is to win this conference league this year, finish top four, win an FA cup next year, and then challenge for champions league the year after. I think that is the three year plan. And if Tongi doesn't want to be involved in that because he wants to, you know, challenge for those things now, or it could be guys, it could be as simple as he doesn't like England. And yeah, it very well could be. And, and if, if that's the case, like there's no convincing him to stay because if he doesn't like the place he lives, <laughs> he doesn't want to be here. So that is going to be, I think the most interesting part of this is what is it that is allegedly making Tongi want to leave? Is it something that can be fixed? Is it the manager that doesn't want him? Is, is it something that can, you know, like Scott mentioned earlier with the Kane situation, is there common ground to be found. We're not going to know that in the next eight days, No, but we should know that by the end of the January transfer window. Well, that's a, that's a fair point. And listen, this is all part of the long and painful rebuild that a certain Mauricio Pochettino has spoken about for how long with, you know, before he departed uh, in before he left North London. I mean, it's just, it's just the way it is. And this is all part of that. It's all the wheels are still churning and it's going to take a while for this thing to, to really get on, on the right tracks that we wanted on. But that said, it's it's six points from a possible six in the first two weeks. And and it's six points clear of of you know of an Arsenal squad that looks looks really, really bad. Let's just be honest. And that's and that's enjoyable. It could be nine points as well. It could be nine points by next week. It, it, it could be. Yeah. Watford Watford sure. Watford next week, uh midweek match, the second leg against Pachos de Ferreira. Uh, we will have another podcast out midweek uh, following that one and uh, previewing the Watford match. Uh, so a lot more to say from us this coming week. Uh, we've rambled your ears off enough for this one. Um, a good win, though. Uh, you know, another another three points in the bag against Wolves, uh, which is which is always enjoyable and always fun. And honestly, after what happened last year at Molyneux, um, this is this is the kind of result you really want to see, if if you ask me. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. Uh, you can reach out to us via email at Tottenham Depot at gmail.com. Uh, rate review, do all the great things that you do to podcasts that you enjoy. Tell a friend. Um, we are growing this thing from the ground up surely and slowly. Uh, and we appreciate all of your support and interaction on the socials. Uh, Shuban is at the real Shuban. Dakota is at Dakota J booth. Scott is at DSM Spurs. Todd is at TC underscore Cashow. I'm Andrew. I'm at A Stetka. And again, follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. 
uh, until midweek when we will talk to you after who knows what happens in the Europa Conference League <laughs> uh, against that Portuguese <laughs> side. And we will see. Uh, but until Thursday, we'll, we will talk to you then. As always, come on, you Spurs. Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club, and you, the listener, are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot, and as always, come on, you Spurs.